Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our management portfolio. Today's topic, managing stress in your personal and professional life. Our guest, George Manning. Hi, George. Good to see you, Deb. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, uh, I'm a professor type, uh, been at Northern Kentucky University since 1970, uh, four years before that, Ford Motor in the field of labor relations. Uh, and um, uh, when you think of me, you think of home and family, my wife and three grown children and um, grandchildren, um, three girls and a boy. Um, so that's me in a nutshell. Well, you're very blessed. Uh, and you also are the author of our The Art of Leadership product uh, by McGraw-Hill. So another great thing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a pleasure uh, and a big honor to be with McGraw-Hill. Um, they, um, everybody there is so professional. And uh, so uh, this is the seventh edition. And um, everyone gets refined a bit based upon input from users, uh, faculty and students. And um, so uh, this has um, got a 2022 copyright. And so it'd be real um, fresh and current for uh, a while. Well, I know our listeners right now are excited to hear about this topic, especially because with COVID, we've all experienced a little bit of stress, I'm sure. So let's dig in. What is stress? Well, the definition of it is physical and emotional wear and tear on the organism, on the human being. And it comes from pressures and conflicts and frustrations. Um, about half the source of stress uh, is, uh, for the average person, is personal, home and family and so on. About half is professional, whether it's school or work, according to National Institutes of Health. Um, probably the best definition of aging as a process is a wearing down and tearing down of the organism. And just like a metal bridge will wear down and tear down with weather and time, so do human beings wear down and tear down with uh, uh, problems, pressures, conflicts, and frustrations. One of life's developmental tasks is to uh, age at the rate that you want and for the purposes that you want. And at any point in time, if, if you want to know if a person has peace of mind or not, um, it's what they think about, are they aging at the rate that they want and for the purposes that they want. And so, George, what do you see as the kind of common causes and consequences of stress? Well, as I say, the problems are uh, uh, pressures, the sheer volume of work to raise a family and earn a living can wear and tear you down. Uh, conflicts, uh, these could be arguments with others. They could be arguments with yourself. Uh, frustrations is the other, the third. And um, uh, if a person is frustrated in the accomplishment of their goals, uh, it might be peace at home or success at work, it results in wear and tear on the organism, aging, if you will. 
And so it also, in the process, it affects your health as well. Uh, stress can affect your health as well. Modern times, day to day, uh, you've got uh, to deal with the frenzy and the frustration and the fatigue of day to day living. And if all of a sudden there's a crisis that shows up, like a car accident or uh, a loss in the family, now you've got a lot of stress to deal with. No one gets through life stress-free. I mean, everybody's got their times when um, there would be um, uh, wear and tear coming from those causes. The consequences can be uh, poor health, premature aging, and so on. That what what uh, I'd like to talk about, uh, very important, is the critical balance concept. Um, if you could just imagine, on the one hand, demands on people um, that uh, can pull them down or use their adaptive capacity, um, such as life events, uh, you know, marriages and funerals and new babies or or um, uh, little hassles, uh, such as your car might not start or your zipper breaks or something like that. Um, or um, um, handicaps, uh, perhaps uh, you've got a sight or hearing handicap, or the handicap is you don't speak English. Th these things can pull you down. And you can handle uh, things that pull you down if you've got resources for coping. And uh, these are uh, physical, social, economic, psychological resources for coping. Um, just like uh, health depends to a degree upon the number and strength of invaders your body has to deal with, uh, germs on the one hand, and your uh, resources for coping, such as white blood corpuscles. Uh, when they talk about the big four that people cite as things that uh, uh, are stressful, uh, one, here they are quickly, uh, low status, uh, the second is debts and money troubles. And the third is inadequate competencies. Uh, and the, uh, another is sickness, if there's uh, sickness. And they talk about the big four that are can help you uh, counterbalance and deal with this is a happy marriage. Nothing's more satisfying than a happy partnership. Um, nothing's more miserable than a failed relationship. Uh, two is physical fitness, and and that has to do with uh, sleep and nutrition and physical fitness. And the third is a satisfying job life. And uh, another is a good sense of humor. So those get mentioned most as things that pull you down or lift you up. But there's one, I've come to the thinking that there are characteristics of hardy people that belong to everybody potentially um, that allow us to live uh, big lives and um, live to tell about it, so to speak. And but George, can you tell us a little bit more about those characteristics? And a good way to do that. Yes, it's a good idea. And I know that our listeners will be um, professor types, teachers, and so on, and some students. And so uh, I'd encourage them to personalize what I say. And there's these five characteristics. And when I describe one, they can rate 
the, 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 themselves, uh, if they've got a pencil and paper, or in their own mind, uh, whether they think they're low or middle or high on it at this point in time. Uh, and the first characteristic, uh, let's, let's call it commitment. And uh, in other words, you think you're doing the right thing. Our lives begin in our minds, and if we think we're doing the right thing, this gives us tremendous uh, strength to uh, deal with adversity. Uh, the philosopher Thomas Carlyle said, we don't fear extinction, we don't fear death, we know we have to pass, but we fear extinction without meaning. So the hardy personality thinks they're doing the meaningful thing. If a person isn't high in this right now, I think a good thing is to read a good book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. So the second is the whole idea of control and feeling like um, you're in control. Uh, George Bernard Shaw, the uh, famous playwright um, who um, the, uh, Nobel Prize winner wrote in Don Juan and Hell that um, hell is to drift and heaven is to steer. So hardy people buy into that completely. So they want to be <clears throat> in control. And what lets them be in control is they're good time management uh, practitioners. And that means that they'll prioritize things in line with their values and, and then they'll work on first things first and get a tremendous boost when they can check it off. Uh, nothing's more satisfying than to make a list and that's important and work on first things first and check it off. A good book that supports that very well is um, First Things First by um, Stephen Covey. Uh, another one, both these books have been around a while, is how to get control of your time in your life. The third characteristic of a hardy personality is this thing of attitude. Uh, they say life's 10% what happens to us and 90% our attitude about it and how we handle it. William James, the father of psychology as a discipline, a long time ago said, change your attitude and you'll change your life. So the hardy personality doesn't deny realities but once they see things for what they are, they'll accentuate the positive versus the negative, the potentialities, the possibilities versus the problems. So you can rate yourself on having a positive attitude at this point in time. And if a person's not high in it, a good book uh, by Martin Seligman is Learned Optimism. Learned Optimism. And then the fourth characteristic of a hardy personality is perspective. They keep things in perspective. And they don't get a full-blown fight-or-flight response to every little hassle, every little uh, setback. They don't live their life in constant states of alarm and vigilance and exhaustion and breakdown of their weakest system because they keep small things small. They don't... Yes. Hi, curiosity. For those that may not know fight or flight, could you explain that a little bit? Well, there, you've got a natural reaction to um, threats uh, that the body uh, goes into. And so uh, you, that help you survive. 
and it's just natural. But you don't want to be in that state all the time. The the um, professors in the audience uh, will know a name, uh, um, Robert Sapolsky, and they'll know his book, um, uh, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And um, um, they should know that there's a very good video called Portrait of a Killer uh, by him. And he's a Stanford professor, very solid very popular professor. And and that book is one that would uh, help with the physiology of stress. That same author has got a new book called Behave, which is superb. Um, so that's Robert Sapolsky. Um, so if a person is low in perspective, um, they a good book is... Um, is it worth dying for? Is it worth dying for? By Robert Elliott, one L, one T. If anybody was to have a heart attack or stroke, probably part of the rehab program would be to read that good book. Is it worth dying for? By um, Rob, uh, by Elliott, Robert Elliott. The fifth characteristic of a hearty personality for the most of us, most of the time, is the most important. I think. And that's relationship. The hearty personality gives TLC, uh, and uh, and as opposed to, you know, hate, they give love. And as you sow, so you reap. And they give uh, to oldsters and youngsters and workmates, homemates and animals. And it's got a good physiological effect for everybody involved. So these are moving targets. A person could be high in something and take their eye off the ball and go down, or they could be low in one of these five and give it some attention and go up. If somebody wanted to improve in the area of relationships, still the best book on the concept of love is by um, Eric Fromm called The Art of Loving. I, I would just like to give uh, one sentence prescription for each of these uh, that's memorable. So in the area of commitment, this begins with choosing personal choice to be an active participant and not a bystander watching the world go by. So you need to set a goal that gives meaning to your life. And in the area of control, I think... Practically speaking, keeping a daily to-do list with your goals and priorities indicated, work on first things first and check off tasks as they're completed. In the area of attitude, um, you need to take pleasure from the little things in life. Um, you might have to put more little things in your life that do give you pleasure, whether it's uh, honeysuckle and or dogs and cats or uh, uh, a, a trip in the in the country, but take pleasure from the little things in life and live by the World War II song. People think America's got a lot going for it. One of it, the things they think it's got going for it, is a positive mental attitude. We accentuate the positive, and there was a World War II song that said, "Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative." And don't mess with Mr. In-Between. So, you know, with positive attitude, 
that's what we should do. The balanced perspective, it's as simple as this. Whenever there's a situation, you say, what is the worst possible thing that can happen here on a scale of one to 10 with a life-ending catastrophe, be it a 10, how big is the problem? And a month from now, will you remember this? So keeping small things small is a, the recommendation. And then the last with caring relationships, I think everybody should consider who do you love and how do they know it? Uh, they can't read your mind. You've got to show it. And all live by this maxim um, in any dilemma, just simply always do the loving thing. I mean, when you don't know which way to go, just always do the loving thing. So, um, the George, yes, to recap on that, I love everything that you've just discussed. So you've got five characteristics that you highlighted, right? Commitment, control, attitude, perspective, and relationships. And you did such an amazing job of giving sources of material, these um, books that you can read to learn more, that is a great way for us to personalize, internalize, and improve ourselves. So I want to thank you for those um, great nuggets of advice for our listeners today. And, and the one-liners for each, um, we can live a better life and reduce our stress by using that. So thank you so much on that. I, I interrupted, but I, I was just so drawn by all of those um, illustrations. Thank you. Uh, it helps to review it like you did. That was a really good thing that you did. And it allows me to make another point or two for uh, professor types or even just anybody. You know how useful these TED Talks can be. Well, if somebody wanted a, something that would be supportive of the attitude uh, characteristic, I, I think DeWitt Jones has a TED Talk called Celebrate What's Right with the World that is fantastic. And you don't you you don't need to have a classroom for it. You could see it anytime and share it with anybody. In the area of relationships that I said was so important, I think Robert Waniger does a TED talk that is excellent for all the older men in people's lives. And uh, it's called uh, What Makes a Good Life. And all men will like it, and the people who love them will like what makes a good life. And a new figure in the, uh, on the scene, and it kind of shows that this is a global issue from New, e new Zealand, named Lucy Hone, writes The Three Secrets of Resilience. And she does it from her personal experience. She was uh, quite the expert academician on stress. And then she, uh, in an accident, lost her 12-year-old daughter and had to apply these things to her own life. And she uh, homes in on three things. Um, know and accept the fact that nobody lives a stress-free life. It's going to happen that you need stress coping techniques. Two, focus on what you can do uh, and emphasize the positive. Um, there's ancient wisdom here. Uh, there's no better person than um, St. Francis of Assisi, 
who said, uh, give us the serenity to accept those things that we can't change and courage to change those things that we can change and wisdom to know the difference between the two. So you need to focus on what you can do and emphasize the positive. And then her third point on resilience is to, at any at any point, say what's going to help here and what will harm, and then always do what will help. Uh, and that lady's name is Lucy Hone, H-O-N-E, a TED Talk. Well, that's all great advice. Now, George, I know our time is starting to run out, but is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners to kind of close out our session today? Um, well, the reason why I was pushing books is um, after basic biology, what would define a human life is um, uh, the people you're around. And I know we've all been around people who would tear us down if they had the chance or would lift us up if they had the chance. So the IQ test to pass that, you need to surround yourself with people who will lift you up and make your life great and be that way for others. You know, it's said that we become the average of our five best friends. And at any point in time, I think there's a lot of um, uh, truth to that. Um, The second thing is what you tell yourself that you believe. And if you look in the mirror and say, oh, you're not enough this or you're too much that, emphasizing the negative, uh, your self-image goes down and it'll pull you down. But if you look in the mirror and say, well, you know, you've got your problems, but in the main, you are okay. That positive self-image helps to find your life. And the third is the books, the books you read, and by extension, other forms of media, garbage in and uh, garbage out, good in and good out. So uh, I, I was pushing books. And then the other thing, somebody would think that I've thought a lot about the subject of happiness. And um, it seems to me, here's your three secrets to happiness. And why I always use three is I found out some years ago that someone said storytellers always use three because people can remember three, like three pigs, three bears, three blind mice, um, three wise men. So the three secrets is um, do the work you love. Uh, do, do you know? Pick the major that picks you, so to speak, that speaks to your insights, and it, and it, 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 and you you have great passion for. So do the work you love, um, and pick the partner that's right uh, for you. And then the third is to count your blessings. Uh, at any point in time, we've always got blessings. It might be our good health, or or it might be. Um, uh, some talent that we have that's a blessing. It might be some person in our life, our children. Anyway, count your blessings. And then the last three, and I don't know if we're about out of time, but the last three, and I, I think it's real good because people will want to know um, uh, what's, this, what's the three things you got to do to be successful. Well, some years ago, uh, John Wooden, the famous uh, basketball coach uh, in California told people that his father told him three things and he passed that on to all his ball players all these years and they're very good uh, here they are quickly number one is to show up and do your best uh, and be on time and don't make the other person late 
So show up, do your best. Number two is to be kind and help other people. Don't be selfish, be unselfish. And number three is to make your life your masterpiece. Make your life your masterpiece. So those are points I, I, I found helpful to share with students as well. I was going to say, I am so inspired after your talk today. We've got this uh, trifecta win of three um, representations for all of this. And um, naturally, I'm going to review this and think about the sources that you've shared with us to improve myself and work this in. But I mean, I'm just, I think that the listeners can tell your passion for um, reducing stress and making our lives better. So thank you for your time today and sharing your perspective, your experience, and all of the amazing advice and resources. To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything. <laughs>